this morning I'd like to speak about four of our aspects on our list, but I would like to ask for your, as much as possible, your full imaginal attention. So bringing to the listening your energy body, your imagination, your bright minds, your sensitive hearts. <coughs> Probably, I'm imagining, if you've come to this retreat, that you know for yourself how intimate this material, this love, this work can be for the heart of the soul. Some traditions, that intimacy of the heart of the soul, so it's more than just heartfulness, but the heart of the soul includes all these other ways of knowing. Sometimes described where the soul meets God or where the self meets the divinity, however one would like to say it, where that other, the the differentiation is preserved. Sometimes called the bedchamber of the heart. There are many sacred rooms in the heart, sometimes called the bedchamber of the heart, which I like very much. There's still that sense of two. Not everything has dissolved. Still the sense of differentiation. And the meeting is intimate. The meeting is holy. So I like to talk about, I think it's 11, the the aspect of eternality. You just tune in for yourself where you know this, perhaps. Or you're in the ballpark of this at times in your practice. Or maybe it's completely not one of the nodes that's an easy one for you. Or easy. It's not a obvious one for you. When we sense with soul, we can be given to know a relationship with time that is not the conventional linear sense of time passing. And nor is it the sense of the dissolution of time, where self, other, world and time fade marvelously into the universal beyonds. But we can be given to know a sense of time in a sense where that world of appearances that appear to change and cannot help but be unstoppably dynamic and moving and changing, meets and intersects with our timeless knowing, where time is seen as a construct. And maybe those two knowings can meet in this bedchamber, in this fulcrum at this place, where our flame may also reside. 
And we can be given to know a relationship with time where what appears internally and externally in that mundus, as that mundus imaginalis, as the lattice lights up, where what we see and what we perceive has the uncanny sense that this has always been happening like this. This is always happening like this. Not it has been because people have done it forever or they'll continue to do it forever. That may be. But this is always happening right now. It's always already happening right now. And our dear mind on its own cannot wrap itself around that. But we need that part to discern this very particular relationship with time that opens the soul to a magnificence that what can appear to us when sense with soul appears to us like an icon would appear to the Greek person who painted it like an icon would appear to one who can be devoted and bowed down before this appearance, yes, while our mind may get distracted by this unstoppable dynamism of the flow of appearance, yes, but we train that steadiness of that flame to know a stillness also, that where this intersection of this glorious, unstoppable creative dynamism meets the utter praise in our hearts. Reverence. Where have you known reverence in your life? Because we can deliberately bring in our tuning to where we know these qualities, or we may know these qualities. And they can be a way in for us into this lattice. Reverence is a natural, I would say, poise of the soul in relationship to what it perceives as divine. To the beloved beyonds that call the soul. I am reverent, I stand in reverence. <coughs> Before... I stand in reverence before you, before that, before even if those divinities have not yet come with a face, but the more they come with a face, a literal face, or a particularized, a particularity that I recognize as divine, 
the more I recognize that this reverence lights up both of us both of us are part of the image both of us are in in the mundus imaginalis the reverence is for all of it i am not lesser or more than or the same as the other the reverence is for that holiness the beauty of the beyonds that I recognize. Reverence is different than admiration, I think. I mean, you, the words, of course, are going to be elastic. You're going to feel into them and find the right way to use them that helps you to light up the lattice. But for me, it's also quite a little different from awe. Um, but again, we're all going to resonate differently with the words differently. Maybe for you, awe takes you right to your heart and it opens you to the magnificence. For me, when I hear the word awe, it takes me more to the universal magnificences, more the impersonal magnificences of the vastnesses and the the universal qualities of the love, and I'm in awe of that. For me, the reverence retains the particularity of that which stands before me, that I can't necessarily even put in words what it is that draws me, that I'm attracted to, but I know that I can't flatten it, because if I try and say this or that or the other, the whole thing gets hardened, it loses its fluidity, loses the, the divinity, the beauty, the magnificence, the holiness that I've been smelling the trail of. But I stand before this otherness, this divinity of which I am inextricably woven. And I could bow. And my soul does bow. And I perceive somehow the dimensionality that's there. I may admire this figure, this other, these parts that arise through me and as me. But for me, that word loses a little of the dimensionality. It feels more like to me, a little more hardened self in relation to a more kind of conventional sense of other. But you find out as you play with these qualities. With reverence, makes me want to take care of that relationship. I don't mean just the the ordinary ways of taking care, which are beautiful and necessary, but I also may include those um, normal ways I think about taking care, but I want to take care of this way of holding each other. I want to take care with my imaginal figure internally, with my sensing with soul, with with the landscape, with the tree, with the inexplicable or vague sense of divinity. I want to take care of that perception. I want to find out how to stand 
together because that's a way in to um, what I love. And it is what I love right there. And sometimes it can be hard to, to sit in reverence. It's not such a modernly used word, I don't think. Um, it can sometimes feel a little uneasy. There's a, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it has also this quality of, um, potentially of fear in it. I want to say something about that, not, not, um, necessarily conventional kind of fear, but the, you know, that sort of classic way that fear is described, where we would quake, where we might, our familiar sense of self is a little bit, like, a little bit more liquid, so it's like, ooh, who am I in this? Where do I stand in this with the other figure, tree, beloved? And and often we want to kind of shore up my spot, my own lattice, so I know where I am and I know where you are. But there can be that quivering, that quavering, that quaking, that where the familiar sense of self is more uh, disrupted, actually in a way that feels like it leads onward. Because we come with the other nodes, with our faith, with our love, with our ground, with our practice, with our ethics, with our... And this leads to humility. I think of this a spectrum between being very active with my practice. I'm trying this and that, and I'm looking in this way and that way, and I'm really interested. But I'm active, and I'm more in that sense of the creating and the the beauty of that. And if I look at the the other end of that spectrum of the of that kind of receptive waiting, can where I'm kind of very receptive. Each of those can have an extreme version that might miss something beautiful about the other. Right? If I wait so long hoping to be found by divinity, come on. (laughs) I'm good, aren't I? I'm, you know, if I just wait, I may be missing and not paying heed to the eros, the flame, the spark, the fire that activates and draws me closer, and I want to come closer. And in that wanting to come closer, I, more of that sense of that activeness can be born. And I can be active with that eros to look in certain ways what will support this love for me to be able to bow and know and be given the knowledge of this whole world, of this way of seeing. So somewhere in that spectrum of active and receptive, and each of us will want to lean to different places depending on where we're sitting in a moment as we're playing with the lattice and seeing what bits are switched on, where's the ignition, what's turned on and what's not. But where am I? And maybe as we find a a sweet spot of active and receptive, of, of 
creating. Yes, I'm participating in perception and discovering. Somehow finding the sweet spot there, there, that reverence, that quaking can happen, and I realize I am utterly dependent. All of this is given. None of this is mine. That understanding of not me and not mine. Yes, on the one hand, it can take us into the complete unfabricating of following that line. And in another way, if we stay, not me, not mine, and my heart and my hands can extend from there, I recognize that all of this is given. I am utterly dependent for, for something beyond me, on something beyond me that gives me this breath, that keeps me alive. Even this very gift of perception, this is not me or mine, and it is not given to me or mine. To just decide what happens in my life, even in my perception. This too is given, and this too is taken away. This humility is not a lesser than. You know, this Buddha, the Buddha's brilliant teaching of the conceit of thinking we're more than, thinking we're the same as, thinking we are less than. That's the pride. Those three. One way of coming out of that awkward conundrum <laughs> is the complete, complete opening to what is universal, all the universal beyonds. Another way, the, soul, the soulful way, the way of the mundus imaginalis, is that sense of you is retained the sense of the beyond, the magnetic pull to the divine otherness that calls me is retained. I bow. And I know that in that whole image of which I am part, I too am exalted. I too am exalted and given a gift of knowledge and perception that is glorious. in the same moment that I am utterly humbled and know that none of it belongs to me. And this beautiful prayer that I've said before from Thomas Merton, which when I hear it really sounds like from that bedchamber of the heart where he says, none of me belongs to anyone but you. None of me belongs to anyone but you. And I grant, I assent, and I allow myself to be woven into that perception. Not having to make real, 
self and divinity. But more beautiful than that, I assent to what I have been given, and right there I may be given to no more. I assent to what I have been given, the difficulties, the gifts, the circumstances, the instrument of perception that can be made and grown and shaped and in humility at recognizing that gift. I dare. participate. Sometimes some people, I, we, some of us, might in this node around humility will bump into some of the shapes around unworthiness, uh, if we have them. Uh, in almost as if I could do the unworthy version of humble, the kind of ego version of humble, right? This, that's unworthiness, isn't it? humility, right? But we might have to acknowledge that shape, that pain, actually, that dukkha of unworthiness as we learn to enter this node and have it light up. And one way I think of it is that sense of, but I'm not worthy to, I'm not good enough to know divinity. I'm not, I'm too bad. I've done too many dodgy things. I'm, you know, I've, whatever it might be the way that can be <coughs> conceived, or I just, I just conceive of myself that way. But remembering this Mundasama Janalis, everything has soft and elastic edges. What would it be to take that sense, if we have it, you don't need to go looking for it, if it's not there. But if that sense is there, that, you know, on our way back into the lattice, on our way back into that glory of a Logos that takes us, takes soul to know, soul territory, that if you can hear this prayer imaginally rather than as a from a rigid kind of ego perspective but there's a there's a verse that I that's really beautiful I find from this imaginal perspective where we feel our separation from soul from divinity and it feels terrible right we feels like oh my goodness I've lost the grace I've lost the entry I and it can feel ghastly and you know and then we might make ourselves wrong and bad for that. But actually recognizing there may be a place at times as we enter in imaginally, oh, sorry, sorry I've been away. Our sorrow is part of taking us. Can be recognizing a prayer of, I don't feel worthy, but by grace, by your grace, whatever the your is, 
whatever that vague or specified sense of divinity is, by your grace, by grace, may I enter. Because I can't muscle my way into the lattice. I can't muscle my way into divinity. And nor can I just wait to be found. But by your grace. And then that takes us to this note of grace, of gift, which I've alluded to already in everything I've said. It's made me think of amazing grace. The, the hymn. <laughs> I promise Rob I wouldn't sing any hymns. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it right now. <laughs> but there's something in that, right, that grace, that in a, you know, maybe later, you know, there's a really beautiful story. No, maybe later the story of how that came to be, that hymn, actually, is very, very... Very beautiful, very touching, very worldly, very painful, very beautiful. But that poise where I recognize none of this belongs to me, it's all given. The perception is given, the gift of seeing is given, the imaginal figures are given, the world is given, anything is given. By grace, not by my cleverness, because that's not mine. Not by my muscling in, because that seizes up the lattice, if you've noticed. Kind of grinds to a halt. Not by my waiting to be found, because there's no ignition. There's no ignition. The, 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 the flame doesn't get going. By grace alone. <laughs> So let's sit together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.